Mm. So <coughs> these practices of calm and insight are very standard um, references in Buddhist meditation, calm and insight. These are both um, things that are conditioned, ways in which we operate the sankara as the karma potential towards calming, as we use the energies, the sankharas, to um, applying ourselves to getting in touch with calming the body. So that's a sankara, that's a particular intention, inclination, agency, which we bear attention on a particular object, whether that's obvious, such as a physical object, or more refined, such as a sense of space, tonality, mantra, visualization, whatever. Keep applying yourselves to that. <coughs> this can be done with uh, vitaka vichara, the activity of directed conception, thought, uh, get with the breathing, mm, evaluation, how does it feel, what's happening. You know, listen to the sound of silence. That's a sankara. So it's saying, get in there, and then mm, just bear with that, feel it out, listen inwardly. So all that is conditioned. That particular activity to do so, the object, you know, to attend to an object, is a sankara. Conditioned. So we do that, and we sustain a particular object of. Uh, obvious object, sensation, subtle object, perception. So perception of, of space is a perception. You're perceiving something. You're listening to the sound of silence. That's a perception. It's a phenomenon. It's a subtle phenomenon. You're getting a sense of infinite space. It's a subtle phenomenon. It's a perception. It's not an unconditioned thing. You can't, have an un- you can't have a thing that's unconditioned. <laughs> if it's a thing, it's conditioned. If it's an object, it's conditioned. You know, it's conditioned by what? It arises, it's present, you attend to it, it's an object. You know, that means it, it's a sankara, because objects are like that. You know. Objects give rise to the sense, or are connected to the sense of me attending to it me listening to it, me feeling it, me sensing it, me being there with it, me losing it, me returning to it. You know? and it's not necessarily a coarse personality me, but there's a sense of a subject. A subject, an object, gaining, losing, being with it, not being with it, and so on. This is the nature of conditioned realm. And in meditation, this is a subtle form of that old business. Mm. gaining, losing, developing, so forth. So, um, but this is what we do. This is, you know, for, for very good reasons, in that you begin to recognize more clearly how the quality of intention affects an object, shapes an object. You know, when a, our attention is blurred and distracted, then you can hardly know where your body is, let alone feel the sensations in it, or 
subtle energies you know, you're out there with, you're all out there you know. and so that when, then that sense of subject, subject seems to be a very separate self <coughs> with a world going on around them when we practice calm we begin to recognise how the subject and the object are really two aspects of the same thing you know, my intentionality my direction whether I'm, calm, whether I'm forceful or calm or gentle or agile or lethargic or keen the quality of intention very much affects what I'm going to be experiencing so obviously, you know, if you have a sense of eagerness and uh, so forth, and willingness and these bright factors in your intention, then your meditation object comes together, becomes more definite, becomes more something you can enter at will, becomes more accessible. So it opens for you, doesn't it? Yeah. The object also affects your your subject. That is, if you're contemplating or with something that's very difficult for you to, to sense then you get the feeling of I'm not much good at this, can't make it you know? something, an object that causes a sense of happiness and joy to arise a beautiful visualisation, a sense of metta something that inspires, I feel, suddenly feel bright again or we can have an object that calms us down you know, sobers us if we're feeling overheated, the nature of death, the elements, the breakup of the body, and so forth. So, the subject is then cooled, and, and so on. So, you get these very obvious, um, well, pretty obvious relationships occurring. And the calmer, quieter one's mind becomes, the more apparent it is how. The very even the very interesting getting calm has an effect. You know, there's a sense of something you can feel the sense of wanting to calm it down has a certain after what has a certain um, quality of that compression that occurs around that, or even um, defensiveness around one's meditation it gets a certain sense of fragility or trying to hold it together trying to, you know, get really right, you know, to really stop everything so you get a certain, certain qualities occur with the inclination to calm or the inclination to know something we're going to discover something or see something or have a realisation how that creates a certain stress in, in, uh, in, one's, in one's practice Sort of leaning in and trying to get there, trying to catch the moment, as it were. So you see how you know these in intentionality and and the object are really aspects of the same thing. As you begin to reflect on that, you, one recognises is to begin to bear in mind anyway, and you know that you can't really have a the sense of a separate self is, an, is a fallacy self was always dependent upon some, some object the object and the self arise at the same, out of the same place and this is maybe um, 
difficult to to really um, see yeah but just begin to kind of contemplate that you know where the, the whole sense of self and the whole sense of who what one experiences oneself as being is matched up to some particular object you may not see it arising together but there was a perception or a mood or a sensation or a life scenario or a relationship or a thought some object there and that's what I sense myself as being mm. if there were no object there no, no perception there there's the um, we wouldn't be able to do that have a sense of being something without a something to be <laughs> this may not seem that important of course but it is important because there's a deep wish that this sense of me gets liberated gets free from pain gets free from confusion so you know that sense of me is, is a significant aspect of experience and so if we're trying to get a sense of me that only has a particular object a happy object, a peaceful object a calm object, a wise object there's only beautiful perceptions going on it's going to take How's that going to happen? Has to be no feeling, no body, no world, Mm. nothing to hear, touch, taste. Of course, all those things are changing, and the feelings that go along with them shift and change and the perceptions that come along with them shift and change states of consciousness change so you know really just kind of bearing this in mind and checking it out can the sense of me ever ever be satisfied go through moments periods of that but there is always inherently a quality of stress that occurs in that this is just something to keep checking out because this is really the what inclines us towards insight more and more thoroughly the motto of insight is whatever is whatever that is whatever is conditioned is the nature to, to cease is not self, cannot belong, cannot be owned, cannot be acquired, cannot be an object that I can lean upon and find stability in. So this this kind of slogan goes along with, with everything from the coarse to the refined to the subtle to the calm to the Whatever you know, this is, this has been compounded. This has come into being. So even this very quality of calm, 
happiness, peacefulness has come into being. It will, this is the nature to cease. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it, or we shouldn't have it. Not at all. Because there is a strong encouragement towards calm in order to more fully really, un- you know, not just understand this point conceptually, but, but experience it. Because the realization experience is, is in the calm state with that, in that degree of calm, that degree of quietness, that sense of stability, and not depending on it, not abolishing it, but not depending on it. Mm. That is, there are, with a degree of calm, it's possible to push the prop away, or for the prop to fall away, that, that the calm does not become, have to become an object. And really, it's the, this quality of almost attitudinal, it starts as an attitude of lightness, of, det- of dispassion, of non-grasping, of flexibility, of relaxation, of settledness, of nothing to get here. Mm. That kind of attitude being very thoroughly trained in, you know, as a whole way of, of being and living. So it is it's more than a meditation practice, it's it's a whole attitude to be cultivated, a life skill. Mm. And then it bears its fruit, its fullest fruit, in the meditative sphere. Because normally, if there's not the calm, as one lets what occurs, as one lets go of one object, is that the mind immediately just totters onto the next object. You know, it doesn't it doesn't stay within itself. It, you know, you say, oh, "Okay, I don't need that." And you go to the thought, "I don't need that." You attach to that thought, mm-hmm. or we say, "Well, this isn't important," so we attach to the sense of being someone who doesn't think that's important. <laughs> you know, we get and it it just get a sense of pride, or opinions, or conceits, or so forth. Yeah. Or we attach to something else, you know, sense object, mood of being right, mood of knowing, you know, these kind of things that, the, that uh, are available for, for us, this sense of um, Conceit, conceiving oneself to be something. This is a, f- a favourite. Because it's that, it's that we, can, we always fall back on. When all other objects are gone, I can, one can always fall back on this sense of, well, I'm, I am beyond all this, or I don't need this, or I have my opinion is this, or I don't think that, or you are this, or they are that, and so on. So then it's got something there. So, you know, this this can occur, 
but it's really only in, in the qualities of calm that one begins to recognize that as, as a problem, a sticking place, a place of stress. Because normally the sense of I am acts, that sense of conceit of I am acts as a refuge from the world. I'm other than this, I don't need that, I know what I'm doing. You know? It acts as a place where we can get away from the sensory impingement into an internal base or away from other people with the way they are we think well that's the way he is, she is, so what you know you know, dismissal and it's probably for many of us it's only through meditation that one begins to recognise how painful and stressful and unpleasant it is oneself and for one's cultivation how how arrogant we can become how dismissive we can become how withdrawn how defended we can be and all this kind of pain of all that the heaviness of it all the lack of joy the lack of flow in all that so calm is really helpful because you know, he begins to look at these phenomenon not in a moralizing way, and I may have sounded moralizing because that's you know just the way it comes out at times. But it's really just kind of acknowledging this conceit itself, just another phenomenon. Here I go again, preaching, so forth. Yeah. <laughs> if one's better than everybody else. So when we, um, in calm, you begin to get the sense of, like the energetic balance, I'll call it that, the sense of steady resonance, settledness, you know, piti sukha, and then coming to something more like sukha, just ease, and using that as, as a base. We can feel this in a bodily way, and we can feel it in a heart way, and we can feel it in a conceptual way, that is the conceiving mind slows, isn't in a hurry, is available if necessary, but isn't got any particular agendas, you just sit back. Heart feels open, <coughs> unflustered, gentle, body feels soft, fully there. You get this kind of these sankharas then have an, uh, a very even and uh, beautiful tone to them. One can use that as a base. Then you, one begins to recognise how things stir it up, how things, how it jumps, how it sinks, how it hardens, how it flusters, and then how it unfolds again, how you can calm it again. It does that. But one begins to can recognise that, so at least one isn't so deceived by the thoughts or the moods. 
and get thrown out for a day and a half or a year or whatever on some particular thought without recognizing I'm just getting really busy and stressed here you know? and why am I making so much of this? why am I so busy? why am I so heavy handed with all this? what's happening? Hmm? and energetically I've, I've really got very wound up here hmm. well, you know, and not even bl- blaming or judging, just feeling it can I come down into the body right now? into the fingertips and the belly the sides of the neck the feet, soles of the feet you're going to feel the flustered hurt or whatever it is in the heart breathe it in, breathe it out so you get to so when one gets to the energy one is less liable to get duped by the thought process or the emotional process doesn't mean that energies have got to be held in one state as an ultimate standard but to be in touch with them obviously thinking requires a kind of certain push conceiving, sharpening you know, some things we respond to, our hearts are stirred fine you know. and then the ability to also to let it finish and uh, energies are very helpful um, thing to tune into in the meditative process <coughs> essentially more important is the is the, the knowing of energy or that quality of, of, a, of attention to it so when the mind is calm the awareness of that when the mind is agitated the awareness of that a certain level of, of agitation what most likely occurs is that awareness gets so occluded that we, we're just reacting we're no longer, the space is gone the, the sense of clarity is gone there's just reactions um, and also at a certain level of, of stability or calm of, of, of uh, energy the awareness gets um, forgotten we just go into how solid, how pleasant, how grounded how stable I'm feeling right now and how nice that is and how I'd like to stay with this for a long time so it's you've got to be you know there is wisdom yeah. so the awareness of, of energies and bearing these insight themes, mottos in mind this too will cease this too has arisen this too is compounded 
that's all. It doesn't say get rid of it, just says, just be that. And then by itself, that wisdom itself tends to quiet an intention. So the intention just steps back a little bit and things are allowed to find their own level. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit active, sometimes not very active, sometimes very quiet. But there's a, there's a, you know, it's, it's flexibility there. We can take the chitta itself as an object, which is the very sense of of being something, our receptive sense, what who this is all happening to, who hears, who listens, who feels. It's not how am I feeling, but the who. Hmm? So the two are close together, aren't there? It's how I'm feeling, and it's who feels that. And a certain, when there's a degree of, of calm and there's enough space there, it begins to be more clear about the differentiation between the feeling and the ability to feel, or the one who feels, or the receptivity to feeling, the one who this is happening to. Again, uh, personally, I sense this most usefully, not as a concept like who, although who can be useful, pointed to it, but almost like a heart energy um, or a heart presence, not in my head. There's a sense of openness, sense of listeningness, mm. chitta. Then, in example, we practice anapanasati, we're staying within the, the general domain and sphere of breathing in and out, and then we're contemplating or coming to the, the who within that, the one who that's happening to, within that, even as that process is going on. Where does the breath sensation, where does the breath perception touch? And then gladdening it, which is, or cheering it, or pomoja is the root word, sense of, you know, it's like an inflection of one's attention towards that who. Like, oh, it's like anamodana, rejoice, what's this? Hmm, you know, feel this, brightening it, bringing it up, steadying it, and stabilizing it. 
So we're much more attuned to the subjective element within the meditation, the who within it. And in releasing that from the sense of I am, which tends to manifest as either doubt or um, conceit of some kind. I am this. I am this state. I've got it. I've made it. Or I haven't made it. Or I'm in this state or another. A certain kind of holding to that. Whereas things seem to to state to to become solid. So the release from that is just to know or have this kind of ingrained motto all this is compounded it's arisen because of particular skillful intentions and practices and so forth that which is compounded is subject to stress because there's a holding to that and a defending of that and a identifying with that and it's also subject to ceasing just that and then it's like things become remarkably fluid or empty. So the insight element, if you like, is the reviewing inclination, that reviews, scans, so that's definitely conditioned, it's something we have to learn to do. Insight is not an unconditioned thing, it's a conditioned sankara. And what we're practicing with is also conditioned the object, and yet through that matching those two, there can be kind of a spark of release. Interesting enough, one of the um, experiences rather I like this is just that moment when you realise you've you've lost it in some way, or you've not been very mindful before the blame sets in, before the judgment sets in. Just that moment of oh, and then all quick, then you start to get into your blaming or justifying or whatever it is, little fluster. You know, just at that moment of oh, that. What's, what's that? Of course we don't notice it because it's so, so thin. It's like, it's the letting go of one mode where you are active, engaged, before one jumps into the other mode where one is meditating, mindful, this, all that and the other. And it's somehow like the gap between the two, kind of sh- which is like a, a, almost like a mini shock. 
and shock it. What's, you know, there's a certain nakedness there. Yeah, of course, what we normally do is we, we spend quite a bit of time going to the flustered state and then establishing ourselves again and, 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 and then maybe trying to say it didn't really happen or it was some, my fault or somebody's fault or life's like that or whatever. We go into a lot of review in a, in a kind of blaming way or a judging way. And it's just that moment, you feel what happens. There's a kind of, you know, dropping of one percept, one object, before the next one is formulated. The dropping of a sense of self before one snaps into the other one. You know. mm. So there are there are many there are clues, there are signposts to this signless place. Once one has a certain degree of, of fluency, familiarity with wholeness of being, this means that your body energy, your heart energy, your thinking energy are attuned and connected. Sometimes your practice is just very ordinary, just staying in that sphere, contemplating the, the shifting, moving of energies, and the tendency to stick upon things, and the releaseness, the willingness to just release that. You know, we can be quite calm, we find thought starts to come up like a cloud on the rise, before we know the storm is here. And it seduced us. You know, we're just sitting there dreaming away and then it's calm, peaceful, and a little musing. And <laughs> we're in there and it uh oh. And that's the point at which we can, oh, uh, 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 or we can just, uh huh. And just that, that, this is condition, that's all it is. It's not an ultimate you, it's not something wrong, it's just that. And it can be that, that shift can take place. Because, of course, although. You know, the, the levering away from our attainments, our attainments, or letting go of our attainments is one process. Also, letting go of our, our um, non attainments or our ignorance or our defilements you know, or our confused states is equally important. So, the letting go it doesn't mean knee jerk reactions to them panic, judging blaming, you know, contracting, just, you know, it's, it's subtler than that. And the quality of practicing calm is that which enables one to, to feel the subtlety of that. You know, so you, you can say it's the ordinary mind, but then again it isn't the ordinary mind, it's the ordinary mind when it's the ordinary mind is informed or attuned to the subtlety of shift or, in other words, to the non-reactivity that is the norm. 
normally we just jump from one thing to its opposite or to a contradiction how to stay and release it's almost like this is where the body energy is a good um, indicator because with every thought and particularly when there's a lot of heart volition behind it you can feel that the bodily energy tightens up tenses up doesn't matter if it's good or bad it's not the issue and it's not that it shouldn't happen but you can recognize it and then okay and then you can also you know, relax it advantage of, um, I would suggest, of having these um, larger meditative spheres rather than meditative points. So rather than being a particular point in your feet or your nose, a particular point like that, having, you know, the sense of the breathing, how the body breathes, how the body walks, how the body meets space as we walk along, how it touches the earth as it walks along, how it feels like earth as it walks along, how it feels like flowing as it walks along, how the breath seems like water flowing, how it seems like air, how it seems solid, how it seems fiery. You've got a whole apprehension or comprehension of an object in a very full sense and in a way where the emphasis is not so much on narrowing the point so much as shifting the perception. So rather than being in my nose, or my feet, or somewhere else, just in the flow, you know, which is more a perceptual experience than a physical one. You know, and yet that is connected to, to the whole body. Because what is the body anyway? Mm. Walking along, feeling your whole body walk. Is it all there? Mm. Can one, I was noticing the, the other day after the meal doing walking meditation, is can I get from one end of the meditation path 30 paces to the other end without something happening in my shoulders? You know, so I begin to recognize that by the time I got about you know, three quarters of the way down, already my shoulders had started to tighten up. I mean, wh- why? Shoulders don't do walking, do they? You know, just a subtle kind of, you know, just walk backwards and forwards, keeping the body energy like just this moment, rather than getting to this point, or how long am I going to do this for, or another ten paces, or whatever happens on a, on a perceptual level, when one cultivates. You know, we have one hour of meditation. You know, what do these time things do? how you know one can carry around these degrees of tension without 
fully recognizing it because we're so normalized. So we sit for an hour, and there's a certain right in that. You know, walk for an hour. So, you know, perceptually, what's what's happened? You know, we've we've hardened the object. Therefore, sense of self who does, who's got to, who can't, who's who can do this, who can do two hours, arises. So you can do two hours, you can do five hours, do ten hours, do six days solid, and still, (laughs) still a sense of here I am doing it. If we stick, if we keep referring to that particular thought or perception, but in the moment, which is the more significant reference, is what's happening. So that within that quality of one-pointedness there's also there's no constriction, there's no resistance and there's no defending, no attaining. So within that we can still feel that the sense of aversion to the stirrings that occur, the doubt or the pushing to become something or the you know tiredness with all this or whatever. And this actually processes one of of realizing even in these afflicted energies there's nothing really to be you know, rejected. They they unfold. So we allow that space to give these energies which are often not really generated in meditation but their head they're, they're able to find their head they're able to come up in meditation their whole life energies of frustration and and um, doubt and fear seeking ground uh, that stuff just allowing them to, to unfold. So this is what, you know, where we've cultivated the metta, jitta, the karuna, jitta, the upeka, jitta. And it, it is that enhancement that allows, that encourages this stuff to be able to find a place to unfold. Mm. I mean, recognize that any point we take that's taken on that as being, uh, this is it, 
then the whole thing starts to lock up again. So this is why the cultivation of great timeless equanimity is the supreme parameter of all the parameters and the culmination of the um, Bojunga enlightenment factors. <coughs>